Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. We pray that this message strengthens and encourages you in your walk with God. All right, so go with me to Acts chapter 1. Before I begin to get started too much, though, I want to go ahead and ask Nate to come on up. Everybody, let's welcome Nate. The good reverend. All right, give me just a second here. Got my notes in my phone. All right. Um, So when I was asked to do this, um, Dean wanted me to talk about um, following the Holy Spirit and how the Holy Spirit applies to our lives. And to be honest, that kind of that kind of struck me like what does it what does that mean what does it mean to follow the holy spirit and i just kind of got caught up on that for a long time and uh some things came to mind um such as well When we follow the Holy Spirit, we see what the Holy Spirit does. We see healings. We see people coming to the Lord, prodigals returning. Um, We see, well, we see the, the acts of the Holy Spirit. But that's not us following the Holy Spirit. Okay, so... Still, I'm left with that question. What is it to follow the Holy Spirit? Is it... Well, we recognize, when we follow the Holy Spirit, we recognize when the Holy Spirit's moving on people. You know, we come into a service like this, and we, we recognize, you know, the words are given, and we recognize that the Holy Spirit's moving. But still, that's not following the Holy Spirit. And then I thought, well, well, talking to the Holy Spirit, that, that is, is that following the Holy Spirit? And still, I don't, I don't quite think so. Those are all good things to do, but if I wanted to follow Dean, if Dean was going to walk to that door, we could sit here and talk to one another. Hey, how are you doing? How are the... How are the kids doing? Good. I'm not following him. If he were to take off walking to that door and I stayed right here and talked at him while he walked, I'm not following him. So, as I was, as I was just you know, praying about this and God, what does it mean to follow the Holy Spirit? This is the scripture that, uh, that came to me. I'll go ahead and read 2 Corinthians 13, 11 through 14. It says, Finally, brethren, farewell. Become complete. Be of good comfort. Be, be of one mind. Live in peace, and the God of love and peace will be with you. Greet one another with a holy kiss. All the saints greet you. And this is the part that really struck me. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit will be with you all. Amen. That, that right there, that last line, the communion of the Holy Spirit. 
Some translations say the fellowship of the Holy Spirit. I think that is probably the closest thing I can, I can think of that would be following the Holy Spirit. So it's not just talking to Him. It's not just recognizing Him. It's not just, it's not just being able to, to thank Him when He moves. It's being in close fellowship day to day, day after day. It's not, it's not just when, you know, you need, you need him to move. Yes, yes, we go to him when we need him to operate. But good morning, Holy Spirit. Yeah. Good night, Holy Spirit. Please, if you're wanting to give me a dream, let me be able to receive it. I'm going into the grocery store, Holy Spirit. If there's a move that you're wanting me to partake in, please don't let me miss it. That's good. Holy Spirit, I'm about to go to work. And even though, <laughs> even though it's mundane, maybe, even though, it's, even though I do it every day, let today be fresh with you. If there's someone who, who I need to talk to, who needs to hear about you, don't, don't let me screw it up. Don't Amen. let me miss it. Holy Spirit, every single move I make, I want to make with you. Yeah. That's, that's, I, that's following the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Awesome. John? Give me just a second here to get my paperwork all straightened around. Apparently I take too many notes. Okay, here we go. Okay, um, Dean messaged me last week, asked me if I would uh, share a little bit about the Holy Spirit as well. Um, and as I was praying on it, um, I was given very, very specific instructions from God. You know, this is what I want you to share. Nothing more, nothing less. And it's going to be really personal. And a lot of people don't know what's been going on. So if I start crying, I'm sorry. But uh, there's a lot of people in the church that I believe need to hear this. And so I'm going to start out with John uh, 15, verse 26. And um, this is the working of the Holy Spirit. When the Advocate comes, whom I will send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who goes out from the Father, he will testify about me. And you also must testify, for you have been with me from the beginning. Um, I want to share a little bit of a testimony. For the last, I would say, eight or nine months, um, some of you know this, some of you don't. Um, I've really been struggling with my walk. I've spent a lot of time in a backslidden state. And even though I was still coming to church and kind of putting on this false front that everything was all right, stuff wasn't good at all. Um, even though a person can be in a backslidden state, 
I want you to know that the Holy Spirit's still there, and he's still trying to reach you no matter what. Um, it'll come in multiple different ways. Uh, one thing I really struggled with uh, to begin with was getting back into reading the Bible again, reading the Word. Um, you'll get that little inkling or that feeling, you know, hey, you should read, you should read for, you know, five minutes. Eh, I'll get it later, or I'll do it later. And you never do it. And I just, I want to encourage you and stress this, that when you feel that inkling to get in the Word, or you feel that inkling to pray for somebody, stop and do it immediately. It don't take five minutes out of your day to pray for somebody. It don't take a couple minutes to read the Word. And staying in the Word like that is showing obedience to God. Um, oftentimes the Holy Spirit will work through other people as well. Um, I got to thank my wife a lot for this one because she was constantly, you know, praying for me, and she was always there beside my beside me. And sometimes there will be conviction that will come through another person through the leading of the Holy Spirit. And I want to encourage you in those times not to get upset or mad at that person, to take those words to heart and keep them close. Because if they're from a place of love, then that's truly God trying to reach out to you. And also wanted to read James chapter 5, verse 19. This one, this really, really got me. It says, my brothers and sisters, if one of you should wander from the truth and someone, someone should bring the person back, remember this, whoever turns a sinner from the errors of their ways will save them from death and cover over a multitude of sins. I, I want to encourage you guys right now, if there's someone in your life that you think might be backslidden or might be struggling, Reach out to them and just let them know that you are there for them and that you are praying for them. Because it, it, all it takes is that one simple word and the Holy Spirit will convict them and they will begin to repent for everything that they've done. Um, I pray that this you know, encourages you guys and... I hope that you can bring something from this. Thank you. Hold on. We're just going to have him pray. Just pray. Anybody that's in here, anybody that's watching by way of live stream that may be backslidden, why don't you just go ahead and pray? Um, anybody, uh, live stream or anybody that's in here, if you're struggling with your walk or if you're in a backslidden state, I just, I want to pray for you right now. Um, Father God, we just lift up whoever it is that maybe in that backslidden state or maybe struggling with their walk, Lord. We, we want to encourage them. We want to pick them up. We want to bring them to the altar, Lord. We want you to burn all of the sins, all the regrets, all the hatred from their heart, Lord God, via the Holy Spirit. We pray that you would continue to work on them and convict them and just 
show them the encouragement and the love that they need to see right now, Lord. And we just thank you for the, all the people that will be brought back into the church, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Hallelujah. Let's give him a round of applause. Amen. Now you may say, well, why are we doing, why are we having people come up? Well, the church, how many of y'all know that as the church, we're called to do our part? Amen. Every, everyone's called to do their part. No one is exempt. We all have a part to play in this. There are no, listen, there are no heroes. There is one. His name is Jesus. Amen. So with that being said, what we understand then is that everybody has a part to play. And so everybody can be involved. And because it's the kingdom of God, man, there's so much that's out there that people that are lost and dying. And every day we have an opportunity to be able to go and minister to them. And when we hear testimonies about what it means to follow and walk and come back to Holy Spirit, then what happens is at that point in time, we begin to realize just exactly how God has designed and orchestrated everything in our lives to be. So Acts chapter 1, let's go there. Let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, I pray, Lord, that you would give me wisdom, uh, you would give me the ability to speak the, what's, what needs to be spoken, and Father, I pray that you would give us ears to hear, eyes to see, hearts to perceive what the Spirit is saying to the church today, in Jesus' name. So Acts chapter 1, verse 8, we've talked about this, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. He said, you shall receive power. Jesus is telling the church, is telling his apostles, you shall receive power. Now, let's go back to John chapter 14. If we look at John chapter 14, and I'm not going to preach for very long, um, their word, their both of them was fantastic. Amen? Wasn't that good? It's good to be able to hear the revelations that the Lord is giving. And so what we have to understand is that when we look at John 14, we begin to see here that in John 14, verse 15, it says, If you love me, you will keep my commands, and I will pray to the Father, and he will give you, he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him because he dwells with you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans, but I will come for you. Now, he says this again. Let me read this all again. He says, and I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper. We have a helper. See, the church, when, he, when, he, when Jesus said, when he said to the, 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 the apostles and everyone there, he said, go wait in the upper room, go wait, and, in, and when, the, when the day of Pentecost comes, you're going to receive power. Look at your neighbor and say, you shall receive power. See, he said, you shall receive power. That power is given to the church. And what happens is he had prophesied and spoke to them prophetically about the the helper that would come, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth. And so when we understand that the Spirit of truth came so that what would happen is the church would be endowed with power from on high that we would be able to go and do the same things that Jesus has done, then we realize I can do nothing in and of myself. Theology won't, co- won't cover it. Listen, uh, all the different kinds of doctrines don't cover it. We need to walk with the Spirit of God. Amen? 
you and I, we, we have the opportunity to be able to walk with the Spirit of God and be able to know Him and to be able to encounter the living God because of Him coming upon us. So now we go back over to Acts chapter 2. And it says here, it says when, in verse 1, And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all in, with one accord in one place. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Now let me say this. The church started out with the sound. But over the past several years, decades, whatever it may be, the church has tried to stop, the enemies tried to stop the sound of the church and get us to be domesticated rather than to be in a place where we walk in the, in the spirit of might and in the power of His Spirit. So when we understand that, we realize that the Spirit of God, He came in like a, a mighty rushing wind. There was a sound that literally shook all of the earth. I mean, listen, that sound came in, and it brought such a sound that from heaven that it literally began to shake the whole house. And it goes on, it says, Then there appeared upon them divided tongues as of fire, and one sat upon each of them, and they were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. See, he brought his spirit so that what would happen is a baptism, an immersion of the Spirit of God would change an ordinary man, though we might be saved, but it would change an ordinary man into now a supernatural man that would be able to walk and talk and have communion with Jesus. That means that you and I have the opportunity to have communion with the living God. We can have communion with the God of the Ancient of Days. We can have communion with the very God who created the heavens and the earth. So because of that, that is why the church was never designed to leave the presence of God. That's, I want to explain this to you. The presence of God was always designed, was always, was always brought to the church. The church is to walk in the presence of God. Look at your neighbor and say, you are to walk in the presence of God. See, when you, we come together, it's an encouragement. There's an uplifting, there's an edification, there's an exhorting, there's a comfort that begins to happen. And when all of this begins to take place, what happens is we begin to walk out of here with the tangible presence of God upon us. And if we can get you into a place where you're experiencing, encountering the living God day in and day out, and when you come into service and you're like, oh, so this is what the kingdom of God is like. Because what happens is, the enemy tries to beat you down and tell you, well, this is how your life's always been, so this is all you'll ever be. Anybody ever live with themselves? <laughs> Anybody ever have those moments where you're like, I'm glad Jesus loves me because I don't even love myself right now. You're like, man, that was such a dumb move, right? Anybody ever have those times? Well, what happens is, is that the Spirit of God, He lives with us. Holy Spirit lives with us. And in such a way that what He wants us to do is He wants us to be able to have that communion with Him. So when we are operating in the presence of God, it gives us comfort to understand that His Spirit is comforting us in our hard times. His Spirit is exhorting us in those times when we need it. His Spirit is edifying us in those times when we need it. His Spirit is moving upon us, loving us, teaching us, and guiding us into all truth. Can you say amen? So the Spirit of God wants to move upon the church. That means that we should never move without His presence. Right? 
Now, I've shared this. I'm, I'm, I'm not trying to beat a, beat, uh, sound like a broken record or beat a dead horse. But what I about said beat a dead record and, and spin a, 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 live, ho- a live horse. So, woo! <laughs> Y'all need to pray real, real hard. <laughs> if I start going that route, we're going to be here. Auburn, you come up and hit me, okay? <laughs> so Exodus 33. Go with me to Exodus 33. I did not have this in my notes, but I'm going to go here anyway. Exodus 33. I want to say this again. So, again, we're talking about the presence of God. See, the presence of God is what makes you and I different from everybody else. Not better, different. And it says here in this, Moses is talking to the Lord in in Exodus 33 in verse 12. It says, Then Moses said to the Lord, See, you say, bring me up, bring up this people, but you have not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name, and you have also found grace in my sight. Now therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, show me your way that I may know you and that I may, be found, that I may find grace in your sight. And consider that this nation is your people. And he said, my, and this is what the Lord said, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. My presence will go with you and I will give you rest. And then he said, If your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here. For how then will it be known that your people and I have found grace in your sight, except that you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from all all the people who are upon the face of the earth. Now let me say something. The presence of God is not particular to a church. It's not particular to a church. I go to this church, so I walk in the presence. That's not how it works. That's not it. The presence of God is because of our relationship with Him. Our relationship with Him determines how much of Him we're going to walk in. Our relationship with Him. I, I don't know about you, but when I read this, I, I, I get captivated by Moses. I mean, the guy stuttered. So that's why I talk about you know, spinning a, de- a dead horse. There we are again. See? So I can talk about this, but it gives me hope because Moses' imperfections was not a disqualification. His heart was his qualification. His heart that said, I will, I will turn aside. And this is not my notes, but we're going to go here anyway. He said, Moses is, is ascending the mountain, right? Going after the lamb that was lost. A very prophetic right there. And yet he saw a bush that was not consumed by fire, right? The bush was on fire, but it was not consumed. And Moses said, I will turn aside. And see why the, see the sight of why the bush is not consumed. Moses, he was captivated by something. And that captivated the heart of God. Because what, at that point in time, what, what happened was, he went and he began to search out why the bush was not consumed. And there, he had the encounter with God. There, he began to see the living God. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. The God that was calling them out of slavery, calling him to go back to Egypt and bring the people out of slavery, bring the people into the promised land so that they could come to the mountain of God to worship him. See, when Moses was captivated by that, his his disqualifications of what the world would say, you can't do that, was was not in God's equation. God's equation for the qualification was his heart was captivated by him. reason I can say that is because later on you would see in Exodus 33, it said that the Lord would go out and speak with Moses face to face. And I've talked 
preached about this before, but he would go out and speak with the Lord face to face as a man would speak with his friend. He would speak to the presence of God. That word face is panin, and that word literally means the presence of God. So that means that the presence or the gaze of God was upon Moses all the time. Now we're under the New Testament, the new covenant, the new blood. What happens is because of the blood of Jesus, now his gaze is upon his church. If his church would just but turn aside and say, I will see this. And I will be captivated by this. What we've done is we've listened to so many other things. And the world, listen, Jesus said the world has nothing in me. Right? So in the same way, we have to understand, listen, there's nothing in this world that we desire. There's not enough tech Not enough jewelry, not enough guns, not enough boats, not enough cars, not enough trucks, not enough that's going to ever compare to Jesus. Nothing. It all pales in comparison. Well, what about the nations going crazy? I have Jesus. I'm not going to be in fear. I have Jesus. So I'm going to go after him. So he said, the Lord spoke with Moses face to face as a man would speak with his friend. So the Lord speaking with Moses face to face, we can now have this today. And he would say, if your presence doesn't go with us, don't take us up from here. And the church has got to come to the place to where we understand we've got to come back to dwell in the presence of God. And we've been through these, this pandemic. We went through all the stuff we went through in 2020, 2021, 22. And what's happened is, is that now we're seeing all, these cra- all this craziness. And when people literally, we think like the world's lost its way. Things are going nuts. What the heck is going on? All that stuff's going to continue to go. All that stuff, listen, you might as well arm yourself with the mindset of saying, the world's going to go its way, but I'm going to go God's way. Because you have to understand in the process, if we look and we say, well, what, if we begin to lose hope and we begin to say, well, what's going to happen to our kids or our grandchildren? At that point in time, you're taking God out of the equation. If God's in the equations, a lot of things can happen. Amen? We're going to keep occupying until he comes. I shared it before in Jeremiah where he says we will live. We will get married. We will raise kids. We will, we will plant vineyards. We were going to build a house. We're going to, have, we're, going to, we're going to live. We're going to occupy until he comes. So when the church begins to realize this and we begin to understand, he said, I'm going to send you a helper. He said, I'm going to send you someone who's going to be able to help you. And so we want to understand the spirit of truth leads us and guides us into all truth. And I will pray the Father, and he will, say, he will give you another, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever. He may abide with you forever. Now, Becky and I have been married for, what, 18, 19 years now? Almost 19. I, I, I was always one year ahead till last year, and then she was like, it's not the right, we've not been married that long. So I've been saying we've married longer than we actually have, so now I'm confused. So anyways, but we've been married for this long, so we're been, we've been abiding together. Now, we are going to abide together the rest of our lives, but there's going to come a time when we will no longer abide together because we're going to be with the Lord, right? And in the process, that doesn't mean bad, not, not, it's not like, oh, can't wait to get rid of her, none of that. I'm just simply saying, we're going to be abiding until that time. And though I would want to abide with her and I will in heaven, we'll be in heaven together, but even greater than, and I love her to pieces, even greater than my love for her, 
we will abide with Holy Spirit forever. I mean, listen, the Spirit of God knows you in ways that even your spouse doesn't know you. Listen, that should make you very happy. Some of you look very nervous right now. <laughs> Listen, don't be nervous. He loves you. He loves you. So he knows you in ways that, that your spouse doesn't even know you. And yet, he still wants to be with you. That should set you at ease to realize, I'm going to come back and I'm going to come to him. And I'm going to seek Him, and I'm going to rest in Him. See, the church was never designed to go and leave the presence of God. The church was always designed to stay in the presence of God. That's why when the church encountered the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, that's what happened was, not only was there divided tongues as a fire in the baptism of the Spirit, but there was the presence of God with the Holy Spirit dwelling within that literally came upon them, and then they began to walk in power that they'd not known before. So when we understand that as a church, that God's called the church to really abide with Him in this oneness, we can look at all confidence in the future and say, my God is for me, who can be against me? Though the nations may rage, my God will still stand. Though all these things may happen, I am coming through because I'm the head and not the tail. I'm above and I'm not beneath. And I know that I am victorious in Him. That my God will give me the access to the victory. The church has got to begin to see this. So we got to realize, folks, there are times of refreshing that comes from the presence of the Lord. And there's times of equipping. There are seasons of equipping that the church has got to go through. Can I tell you that some of your hardest trials in life are some of your greatest seasons of equipping? Some of your hardest trials in life that you will go through are some of the greatest seasons of equipping that the Lord has called you to. And you may say, well, I don't want to go through that. No one ever does. But I will tell you that in those times, you will find that the power of God will continually keep you and, with, and keep you standing. Even when you don't feel like you can, He will keep you standing because He alone is able. The Bible, I, I shared this with the pastors from the, uh, another nation that I did this uh, Zoom with. And um, I shared with them in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, it talks about this. And I, th I find this so important for us, especially in these days. we got to look at the eternal. Look at your neighbor and say, look to the eternal, because that's where your answer's at. So it says here in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 16, it says, Therefore we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing. Listen, I'm not going to lose heart even though my outward man is perishing. Some of us can look at our outward man and say, he's been perishing for a long time. <laughs> Yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For, now listen to this. This is such a revelation. Now this is Paul writing this. Paul having been stoned having had to been dropped off the side of, not dropped off, but lowered down out in a basket inside of a building so that he wouldn't get captured. You know, he'd been flogged. He'd been all, had all kinds of things, suffered shipwreck, bit, bit by a snake. All kinds of things happened to Paul, right? And he'd go on to, he would go on to say, and he says, For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Think about that. 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Therefore, we do not lose heart, even though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. 
Though there are things going on inside of you right now, or going on outside of you, I should say, and though there's things maybe taking place, and though the pressures are great, and though the, 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 the obstacles are getting more, more difficult, and though the opposition is there, it always will be, let me tell you that right now, though all that stuff's happening, we, we do not lose heart. We don't lose heart. Well, the doctor said this, we don't lose heart. Well, I, I, I got this, this coming against me. We don't lose heart. I, I shared this last week. For at Acts, when it said in Acts chapter 2, for I always saw the Lord in front of me. He was at my right side. I would not be shaken. We don't lose heart. For though our outward, yet our in, so for though our outward man is perishing, yet the inward man is being renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment, is working for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. You have something to look forward to, church. There is an eternal weight of glory. And just as Nate and John would get up and they would preach to us and teach us about what it means to follow the Holy Spirit and how Holy Spirit even sought after John when he was backslidden and yet how God still would go after him and bring him back into the fold. Listen, that's the goodness of God. And if we were all honest, we could all testify of the goodness of God in that sense. It's the goodness of God that reached out and got us when we were backslidden. Because some of us have been backslidden in the house just as John would, would give testimony of. He w- we've been backslidden in the house and not even let anyone know. But yet God knows and he's still going after us. Praise God for his grace. Amen? Look at your neighbor and say, praise God for his grace. So we do not lose heart. Now, it goes on here. It says, while we do not look at the things which are seen... But at the things which are not seen, for the things which are seen are temporary. Everything's going to pass away. But the things which are not seen are eternal. So we are going to be spending eternity with him. So let's fix our minds on the things that are eternal. Let's fix our minds on the things that truly matter. People say, well, we need to do this or we need to do that. They'll try to get into different situations and they begin to do works of the flesh. But God never called us to do works of the flesh. He called us to abide with him and to do his will. And the only way you know his will is to seek his face. When I seek his face and the spirit of God guides me into all truth, I'm going to walk in his will. Can you say amen? I'm not looking to make a name for myself. I'm looking to make Jesus famous. Praise the Lord. That's what we want to do. That's what matters. When we make Jesus famous, man, that's all that we have. That's all that matters. So when we do this, church, we realize we were never meant and never designed to leave the presence of God. I want to encourage you to seek after the presence of God. Now, here's where we get hung up. Can I just be honest with you real quick? Here's where we get hung up, and that is we have people who will say, well, I'm good. I'm good. I got enough of the presence of God. I seek him. We go through the motions, but we don't have the hunger. And even when we don't have that hunger, folks, I would even caution you that even at that point in time, you have to be careful that you don't get into a backslidden state. So how do we keep ourselves, first off, why do we keep ourselves in the fire and the hunger of God? Number one is because of everybody else. I have a responsibility. I have a responsibility to you. You have a responsibility. Look at your neighbor and say, you have a responsibility. 
Now, I know right now everybody's kind of like, you know, in this time in the world, the world's trying to tell everybody, that's too much. I can't handle that. I don't want that. I don't need that. Whoa, that's not right. Because if you want to walk in the blessings of God and you want promoted in the kingdom of God, it always comes with responsibility. If you get promoted in a job, what do you do? You get a greater responsibility. Right? So in the same way, you've got to stay hungry after him or you're not going to be able to find the things that God has for you. You've got to come and say, Lord, I need you. I, only you can bring me into that place where my hunger is increased. Only you can bring me into that place to where I stay looking for you, the author and the finisher of my faith. Only you are going to be able to do this. So we come to Jesus and we say, Lord, I can't do it without you. Holy Spirit, lead me into all truth. And as we do, the Lord will lead us and guide us into that. But it takes a people to say, this is what I'm giving myself to completely. This is what I'm giving myself to so that I may encounter the truth of who he is. Amen? Let's go and stand on our feet. Hallelujah. Well, Father, I pray today that in the name of Jesus, God, that we would begin to understand just what, you've, what you have called us to in this hour. I pray that a fresh hunger and a fresh fire would come upon us in ways that we've not known. God, I pray that in the name of Jesus, that we would come to know and understand exactly what you have called us to. I pray, Father, that we would search after your presence that we would search after your face and that we would encounter your, the living God. So Lord, I ask for you right now, I, I just pray for refreshing upon some of you. Some of you, you're in here, you really need that refreshing. You've been, there's been so much going on, your mind is literally heavy with thoughts. You're heavy with thoughts and your mind's being weighed down with the what ifs of the world. And I just speak to you right now, the what ifs of my family, what ifs of my children, what ifs of my grandchildren? I speak to you right now that the peace of God rule in your heart and in your mind in Jesus' name. Thank you, Father. I just pray for you to have breakthrough right now in the name of Jesus. Just raise your hand. If you're in here and, you've, and that's you, you've been weighed down with a lot of things going on. If you've been weighed down, there's no shame in that. Just raise your hand. Amen. 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 Well, let's do this then. I know that some of you may have to leave, and I get it. So if you need to leave, we love you. God bless you. You can leave. I just ask you to leave quietly. But those of you who raised your hand, please come on up here. We just want to pray with you. The Lord loves you. Yeah, if you don't mind, Josh, thank you. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, 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 amen. Thank you, Father. Uh, uh, let me just pray for the live stream. Where, which one do I look at? This one? Okay. 
Father, right now in the name of Jesus, if you're watching by way of live stream, I pray for you that all the heaviness and the, the things that are weighing you down, that you be set free in Jesus' name. I come against that right, which is trying to keep you bound, and in Jesus' name, I just speak breakthrough, breakthrough, breakthrough in Jesus' name over you. I thank you, Father, for your deliverance. I thank you, Father, for your freedom. And I thank you, Father, right now for your fresh presence upon them. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. We love you. Amen. Hallelujah. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in with us. I pray that this message today has encouraged you. I pray that it's challenged you, uplifted you. I pray that you came away from this message and this encounter with God, knowing that you have literally stepped into a place where you have heard the heartbeat of God and through everything. Now, in this time, I want to talk to you. Maybe you don't have a relationship with Jesus Christ or your relationship is not where it needs to be. Maybe you've walked with God at one point in time and you're no longer walking with him. Or maybe you say that you're a Christian, but deep down inside, you know there's compromise in your heart. If that is you, I want you to go ahead and pray this prayer with me so that what can happen is we can talk to each other again when we see each other, either in the church or in heaven. So let's go ahead and pray. Just repeat after me. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you for your son's blood. I thank you for the life of Jesus and for his resurrection. I ask you to forgive me of my sins. I repent of them now, and I ask for you to wipe me clean by your blood. Come into my heart. I receive your salvation, and I receive you as my Lord and as my Savior. I walk away from my old life, and I walk into my new life. Thank you, Lord. I am born again in Jesus' name. Now listen, if you prayed that prayer, you are now born again. What I would ask for you to do is I would ask for you to contact the ministry, contact the church, and let us get to you some free material so that you can begin to receive discipleship. See, it's not enough just to pray a prayer. We want you to be discipled. Jesus said, make disciples of all men. So, what we want to do is we want to help you in your walk. We want to help you to where you're being able to be discipled and you're being able to walk with Jesus on a daily basis. So thank you so much. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this podcast by the River Family Christian Center. If this message has blessed you and you would like to give financially or you would like more teachings from Senior Pastor Dean Wagner, please visit www.theriverfcc.com